Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 9, where today I want to cover 10 of the most commonly heard excuses that we use to rationalize our emotional overeating. If you are an emotional eater, then chances are that you're eating when you're not physically hungry, considering that that's the definition of emotional eating. And while emotional eating may not be all bad, it can work against you if you engage in the behavior or habit too often, which, as it turns out, is super easy today. With access to food almost all the time and most of us constantly being surrounded by stress, it's an emotional eater's heaven or nightmare. And like I said, having the occasional nibble or taste isn't that big of a deal. And if you can handle it, it's completely fine. My goal for you is mastery. Not the complete and total elimination of emotions when it comes to eating, because I'm not even sure that that's possible. But with mastery comes mindfulness. And I don't mean chewing your food 40 times before you swallow it, or never doing anything else while you eat. Specifically, I mean being conscious when you eat. Aware of what you are putting in your mouth, and why you're putting it there without judgment of right and wrong. To be awake to your emotions so that you can consciously, mindfully decide if eating in response to a situation is the best choice for you. The problem is, so many of us aren't conscious. (laughs) We're awake, but We aren't mindful when it comes to our eating. We give in to these excuses or rationalizations for eating. And it's these rationalizations and this giving in that keeps us stuck in the same place, struggling with these same demons over and over and over again. As one of my mentors, Marissa Pierce says, knowledge is power. And I believe it's important to be aware of what you're doing. But in some cases, and for some of us, knowing why you're doing it is a big piece of the puzzle when we are unraveling our emotional eating patterns. So today, like I said, I want to cover 10 of the most commonly heard excuses or rationalizations for eating when you're not physically hungry. I want you to see if any of these sound like you. And if you do recognize them, I want you to see if you can acknowledge them for what they really are, an attempt to justify a poor decision, and become aware of how giving into that rationalization is working against you. The idea here is to pay attention to our thoughts. And when we have one of these excuses, throw up a yellow flag, an alert 
that lets you know you may be about to make a poor decision. The excuses I'm going to cover here are going to be thoughts or feelings in response to emotions that may create triggers to eat, food cravings, or just moments of weakness where you may fall off the wagon. So our mission for today is awareness. So rationalization or excuse number one, free stuff and getting your money's worth. This specifically applies to free food in the break room or in the office or all-you-can-eat buffets, things like that. Try to remember that free isn't really free. In the case of those donuts or cake or muffins at work, sure, you may not have paid for them, but if you eat more than your body needs or foods that don't agree with it, you may end up paying for it in pain or inflammation, or excess weight on the scale that you then must try and make peace with or work to get off. If you do this enough times, those free bagels may cost you a new wardrobe full of clothes. Rationalization number two is I deserve it. This one's really interesting because our reasons are so varied. So let's take doing our workout. We think we deserve it because we did our workout today or all week or whatever. But the thing is, is that when you eat more because you exercised, you're, you may actually get to keep the muscle building or cardiovascular benefits, but you kind of negate the calorie burning benefits of the workout. Did you really intend And have you really done all of that work to end up with a net effect of zero? Chances are you wanted to be healthier and master your emotional eating, not stay at ground zero or square one. Plus, it takes a lot more time and work to exercise it off than it does to just not eat it at all. And when it comes to, say, you think you deserve it because you ate salad all week, or because you had a rough day or a rough week, you can be proud of yourself without rewarding yourself with food. Rewarding yourself with food is counterproductive. If you're working hard to change your emotional eating habits, why would you use this as an excuse to sabotage yourself? Rewarding yourself with food is exactly one of the behaviors we're trying to unlearn. And one more thing about the I deserve it mentality. Let me ask you this. What is it that you think you deserve? To gain more weight by eating food when you aren't physically hungry? To add to the burden that your body must work through processing all this excess material, calories, and chemicals? Your body works really hard for you all day and it that is you, deserve to be treated with honor and respect and care. Not to mention the mental and emotional burden we create for ourselves in the form of guilt and shame when we eat what we don't need. There are many, 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 many other ways that you can be kind to yourself without eating. 
See if you can make a list that you can use in the future when you feel the urge to eat but aren't hungry. Rationalization number three. It's the weekend. It's my birthday. It's a holiday. I'm on vacation and life's too short. Weekends, holidays, and vacations are great and you should enjoy yourself. Big or extravagant meals and desserts are a huge part of some major holidays and events, and that can be okay occasionally. But if you find yourself using this as an excuse for an all-weekend or all-week binge fest, then it may be time to reevaluate. Again, special vacations or holidays can be a time to treat yourself, but you can be on a vacation or it can be the weekend and you can continue to make the best decisions for yourself. You don't have to use it as an excuse to go hog wild. Just because you have a three-day weekend doesn't mean you have a green light to turn off all self-control. You can enjoy all kinds of foods while on vacation without having to eat all of every single thing that looks good to you or without eating way too much. And as far as life being short, you're right. Life is too short. But let's be honest, it gets a lot shorter when you're in poor health and have poor eating habits. Think about when you're lying on your deathbed. Do you think that you're going to regret that piece of chocolate cake you passed on? Or are you going to regret all the things you didn't get to do due to health complications brought on by emotional eating. And let's be honest, there are quite a few. And one last thought on this. When you say yes to excess food or foods that don't work for you, right? Foods that work against you. You're actually saying no to yourself. You give your mind and body and spirit the message that food is more important than you are. That taste on your tongue is more important than your body. A quick fix, a little high, is more important than everything else in your life. Rationalization number four. I don't want to waste it, which is also getting your money's worth. Nobody likes to waste anything, but it's not an excuse to overeat. Most things can be saved and reheated later, and some things are good cold. It's important to realize that food is wasted wherever it goes. If you throw it in the trash, it's waste. If you put it in your mouth and it turns into poo, it becomes waste. And let's be honest, you are not a trash can, so you shouldn't treat your body as if it is. If the food will be turned into waste either way, then there's no reason to use your body as that waste receptacle. Excess and unneeded food becomes excess waste around your waist, hips and thighs. So like I said, no matter which way you choose, it turns into waste. Either waste that you throw out or waste your waste. <laughs> so be smart about it. And if you're thinking about those starving kids in China or Ethiopia, 
realize that they're not going to be any less hungry because you cleaned your plate. So be smart about it. Honor your body. Rationalization number five. I'll start over tomorrow. I've already blown it. This one is a huge trap and an easy one to fall into. It's the bane of every diet ever started on a Monday morning. It's important to understand that starting over is typically harder than sticking to it. And if you can get past the first couple of hours or days or even weeks, you'll really be setting yourself up for success. If you find yourself throwing in the towel because of a slip up, ask yourself if this screw up is a good reason to do more damage and go further backwards. Going off the wagon because you slipped up a little is like slashing the other three tires on your car because you got a flat. Don't give up. Rationalization number six, it's healthy. Also known as as long as it's healthy or within my calories or within my macros, I can have it. Regardless of what it is, right? Um, dark chocolate with its antioxidants or a handful of walnuts that are good for your brain, even broccoli, which has so you know few calories. Sure, they can all be healthy, but they also have calories and those calories can add up. And it's not about, and it shouldn't be about, whether it's allowed, but whether it's needed. If you aren't hungry, you shouldn't make it a practice to put excess food of any kind into your mouth. Following your body's hunger and fullness cues are critical and super important to successfully managing weight and mastering emotional eating. Eating food when you aren't physically hungry, no matter how nutritious it is, is still overeating. And if your body doesn't need those calories, you're basically going to be storing them as fat for later. Rationalization or excuse number seven, but I'm still healthier than, what's her name? Comparisonitis is not your friend here. The only person you should aim to be better than is the you you were yesterday. Just because you're doing better than your friend doesn't give you license to do whatever you want. Number one, she's on her journey and you're on yours. And you may not be in the exact same place. Number two, her poor choices don't and shouldn't validate yours. If anything, you should seek to set a good example for the people around you rather than bowing and falling into line with their poor habits. It's by emulating those poor models of behavior that you likely learned your emotional eating skills in the first place. Rationalization or excuse number eight. I'm tired, stressed, have PMS, or have another physical malady. First, let's address tired. Do you really think that you're tired because you need food, even though you aren't hungry? I mean, if you're hungry, eat. But eating due to fatigue is really just a means of distracting yourself from what you really need, which is likely a break or even some rest. If you aren't undernourished, and most of us aren't, Food won't make you less tired. In fact, it's likely to make you more tired because all of your blood is going to be redirected to your stomach to digest your food. 
And eating for stress is likewise a pretty good distraction from stress. But food can only temporarily ease your stress. And that's only when it's in your mouth. If you choose to eat when you're stressed, you are, in the long term, choosing for yourself more stress by creating mental and emotional burden and even possibly gaining weight, which will further affect your physical, mental, and emotional health. I understand that you probably can't eliminate whatever is causing you stress, right? You can't quit your job. You can't get rid of your husband or your kids. You can't, I don't know, run away from home. But you can prevent that secondary cause of stress that is created by using food as a pacifier for your emotions. There's a scientific reason your body craves potato chips and cookies and cakes when you feel bad. And that's that your body's production of serotonin goes down, especially when you're PMSing. And these junk foods, right, manufactured foods, are little more than a chemical soup designed to bring on a temporary blissful state. Did you know that one MIT study showed that women ate about 1,100 more calories per day during that time of the month? That's significant. Here's the thing. When you're feeling bad, you're craving comfort. And the truth is that you can get it in any other non-food related way or form. Consider giving yourself a short break to rest or do something relaxing if that's what you need. Or watch a movie that you loved as a child, get a massage, take a bubble bath, or chat with your friend. You want to feel nurtured, but you don't need to eat fatty foods or foods you don't need or foods that work against you to get that feeling. The interesting thing to pay attention to is that the mechanism of relief is not the food itself, but the focus. When you are eating, you're focused on the food. You're focused on the physicalness, if that's a word, of the food, right? The taste, the texture, how it feels, all of that. And it pulls you out of whatever you were feeling and it puts you into a good feeling. But the truth is with practice, you can do this with any good feeling memory or even a fabricated one. And it doesn't require eating. So you can go back and visit a good memory and feel good. You can create a false memory. You can, in your mind, go to a beach and imagine how good that would feel to have your feet in the warm sand and hear the ocean, the waves crashing on the beach and the sun on your face. And that will create in you that sense of ah relaxation and comfort that you are desiring without eating. You can also try just focusing on your breath or meditating, or even taking a walk as a non-food-related alternative to relieving stress. And consider trying one of these to see if your urge to eat goes away. Rationalization or excuse number nine. But everyone else gets to, or I hardly ever get to eat, blank. 
This mentality is a signpost on the way to feeling deprived and neglected and poor pitiful you. Everybody else is doing it, so why can't you? And I get it. Group mentality is very powerful. If you're sitting around with your friends talking about your crappy week, that idea to grab a pint of Pen & Jerry's is infectious. But let's get real here. This is a scarcity mindset at the core. It's fear that you won't be able to have any ever. And when you do get ready, there won't be enough. But this mindset will not serve you in the long run. Ask yourself, what is so depriving about not putting chemicals or trans fats or pink slime into your body? Is it really so terrible to choose not to weigh your body down with excess food it doesn't need? Is it really so earth-shatteringly awful to sit with your friends drinking tea rather than pigging out on junk food? There will always be another opportunity to eat delicious foods you love when you're hungry. And finally, rationalization or excuse 10. But I might get hungry later. Ah, preventative eating. There might be a few times or situations where you could justify eating because you won't have a chance and you might get hungry later. But if we're honest, those opportunities are really rare and most of the time they're avoidable. You can usually carry a small snack or wrap or portable meal or snack with you so that you have something to eat when your stomach starts complaining. That will also help you avoid getting so hangry that you make poor choices or even binge eat later. It's important here to know yourself and not push yourself too far, like thinking you should be able to go a certain amount of time without food, but not really being practiced at it, and thus setting yourself up for binge-like behavior later. This one is really big for people who've been dieting or who are trying to do intermittent fasting, and they're reading online that they should be able to go, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 16, you know, or more, 20 hours a day without eating and they go, they push too far too fast and they really set themselves up for binge eating. So again, know what you're capable of and it's, it's possible to maybe push yourself 30 minutes or an hour, but don't, you know, on day one, try and push yourself to go 18 hours without eating because you'll, you may be setting yourself up for overeating or binge eating later. Another thing to think about is is when you take a break from eating, your body switches into fat burning and cleanup mode. It starts doing all of those little cellular chores that are so beneficial to you, like detoxification and removing dead cells and recycling tissues and building muscle. Your body can't do those things when it's worrying about digesting what's in your stomach. So giving your body that rest from constantly eating is a good idea, but it's something you have to work into. So if you're currently eating, you know, six meals a day, you don't want to all of a sudden go to two meals a day. You want to slowly decrease it, right, and lengthen those windows so that if it was one hour, you gradually increase it to two hours. The idea here is is that By giving your body that rest, 
Number one, you'll create time for your body to switch into that fat burning mode and use the the stored fuel you have on your body to fuel you, but also to really get acquainted with a feeling, a real feeling of hunger. Because when you are really hungry, and I don't mean really like excessively hungry, I mean really like actually hungry, then food tastes better. You're more receptive to it. Your body assimilates it better. From an emotional standpoint, let's think about this. So what if you feel hungry later? Is that really so bad? Is being hungry terrible? So you have a handful of walnuts or almonds to address the issue. It's no big deal. And, you know, that small snack is so much better. And it's a much better alternative than eating thousands of calories and more than you need in an attempt to avoid hunger later. Because getting hungry is kind of like cleaning your house. You can scrub the floors and wax and polish, but that won't keep it clean indefinitely. You'll just have to clean it again tomorrow or next week or, you know, depending on who all's in your house in the next hour. The same goes for eating. Eating never really prevents you from getting hungry. It only delays it for a while. So I want you to think about these 10 reasons or excuses or rationalizations we have for overeating. And you may have found one or two or three or four or all of them that you may have resonated with or used in your past. If you did, I want you to know that's perfectly fine. All of us have. Again, the idea here is to not completely eliminate them starting tomorrow. What we want to do is become more aware, right? We want to wake up to these ideas that we have, these thoughts that are happening in our heads that are turning on these patterns and triggering us to eat when we're not hungry, to eat when we're having emotional feelings, to eat in response to an event or a situation. Because it's those emotions, those triggers, those events and situations, those thoughts we're having in our heads that are keeping us stuck, keeping us held up and held back and keeping us focusing on food and diet and ways of eating and how to lose weight when we really have bigger and better and more awesome things to do with our lives. I want to be honest with you, you were not put here on this planet to battle your weight or to do war with food. You have so much more that you were meant to accomplish and I want to help you get this taken care of, get to a place where you feel mindful and masterful when it comes to your food and your eating so that you can get on with the bigger and the better and the things that light you up and that you were put here on this earth to do. I hope this has been helpful for you this week. If you have any other rationalizations or excuses that I may not have thought of, I'd love to hear them. And let's see if we can 
knock those out of the park and get those out of your way so that you can get on with being the best you and get on down the road further on your journey to mastering emotional eating and improving your health and your wellness. Thanks, and I will talk to you guys soon.